Hello, pod people. I'm DA, and welcome to Millennial Edition. Thanks for joining us. Well, because y'all were out here in these streets doing the most and ignoring the healthcare workers, I tested positive for coronavirus only days before Christmas and the start of my holiday break. So my entire holiday season has been in quarantine since Omicron is raging like a wildfire. After two years of being cautious in this pandemic and getting all the vaxes and boosters available, the COVID finally caught me. Luckily, I had gotten my booster at the beginning of November, and just like the scientist said, my symptoms were extremely mild. Nothing more than a runny nose and a cough, and I felt better in only three days. So in this episode, while I'm going stir-crazy in quarantine, let's recap all of the things that 2021 brought our generation, because like me, at this point, everything is shutting down, and you probably have nothing better to do anyways than listen to me, so we all might as well be stuck together in this quarantine. As always, remember to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, and follow us on Twitter to be a part of the discussion. Okay, so let's dive on in. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm completing this year stuck in quarantine with a very mild case of the COVID. And I just have to give it up for the scientists and healthcare workers who were virtually right about everything. Because this could have been so much worse than it was. I didn't have a fever or lose my sense of taste and smell like most people with COVID do. In fact, the doctor who examined me did not originally think I actually had contracted COVID. That's how mild my symptoms were. I did have a furious case of the chills, and although the heat was blasting on like 86, I could not for three days get warm for the life of me. But after three, four days, I felt normal again, as it appears the vaccines were victorious in their fight against the virus. And although that very weekend that I did not know I was a COVID carrier, none of the 20 to 30 family members and coworkers and friends I had partied with tested positive for COVID. That to me was a miracle all to itself. However, it was just like the scientist said, because I was vaccinated and because they were all vaccinated, it lowered the chances of me spreading the virus and them catching it. So you see listeners, listen to the scientists. They were right all along. Y'all said the vaccines would kill us and ruin our DNA. Well, I have had no less than four vaccines and I have never felt better. None of the countless lies that surrounded getting the vaccines were even true. But what has been true is what has happened to those who didn't take it. As of today, over 800,000 Americans, majority who were not vaccinated, have died from the virus. So going into 2022, you want to thank and honor the healthcare heroes? Get vaccinated as they have directed us to. Going into 2022, we all need to get out of this pandemic because quarantine is literally causing myself and all the rest of us stuck in it out of our minds. I'm so done with the pandemic life. I'm over it. I want my life back where we all partied like rock stars and we didn't jump with fright at the sound of someone's sneeze. Also, for all you faithful followers on Twitter that sent your well wishes, thank you so much for caring about this millennial. I'm feeling well and healthy as of today, and I'm grateful for your love and support that you got me through all of this craziness.
So let's quickly recap some of the highlights of 2021. So let's start by recapping how we started the year with a terrorist attack on the Capitol. Well, when his followers found out that America had fired Donald Trump, they literally overran the Capitol on January 6th in a failed attempt to stop the fair democratic process and transition of power. In the end, this terror attack left 60 Capitol Police officers badly injured and traumatized and five people dead, two of them being police officers. There has been a commission erected by the House of Representatives that are looking into who is responsible for inciting, funding, and participating in this terrorist attack. The great thing about all of this, if, if there was a bright side to look at, is that Trump supporters and white nationalists aren't very bright and videotaped themselves in the act, which made the FBI's and the commission's job so much easier. As of this month, 727 people have been charged in the terror attack. About 70% of them have been sentenced to misdemeanors where they will pay a fine and serve no jail time. According to CNN, about 30 to 50 rioters are in jail awaiting trial or are serving their time. The longest sentence to date was given to domestic terrorist Robert Palmer, in which he received five years in prison for beating police officers with various objects, including a fire extinguisher and a wooden plank. Yep, that's the Blue Lives Matter crowd for you. They are enthusiastic to back the blue when marginalized groups ask law enforcement to treat them with fairness and dignity, but will beat them to death when they opt to protect democracy and they can't be weaponized against said marginalized groups. But listeners, for all of their efforts, Biden still was inaugurated president of the United States on January 20th, and Kamala Harris became the very first woman and woman of color to serve as vice president. And because of it, our nation was back on course. What a difference an election can make in America. But let me pause right here and say this to all of you. There are many scholars who believe that the terror attack on the Capitol on January 6th was merely a beginning attempt at something more nefarious. In the wake of the failed terror attack, all across this nation, the GOP have been quickly and rather boldly enacting voter suppression legislation and they do not care what anyone thinks about it. They will do whatever it takes to hold power and destroy any progress that was made in this nation. The fearless champion of voter rights, Stacey Abrams, announced this month that she would again run for the governor's seat in Georgia, a state where voter suppression by the GOP is an art form, a state where they have not just only recently purged 100,000 residents, mostly black and brown residents, from the voting rolls, but have kicked up voter suppression by like 10 notches. At the top of the summer, the king of voter suppression himself, Brian Kemp, signed the racist voter restrictive Senate Bill 202. It does a lot of horrible things like criminalizes anyone passing out food and water to those waiting in the hours long lines to vote, obviously manufactured by the GOP as they continue to close voting sites in, you guessed it, mostly black and brown areas. It limits ballot drop box locations and requires voter ID for absentee ballots. But the most nefarious part of the voter suppression bill is that it allows Republicans to remove black Democrats from county boards, which they have taken full advantage of because they do not care about our democracy or the will of the people. And they now do not have to fear repercussions. 
Now, I know many of you online have expressed just utter exhaustion and frustration with how it always feels like racists are up to something and that they always seem to succeed in their efforts, especially when it comes to stealing elections from the will of the people who want this nation to move forward towards freedom and equality. And I truly understand where you are coming from. Just recapping all of the voter suppression that took place this year makes me disheartened and disgusted. But just remember that this is what they are counting on. They are hoping that you will get so tired and frustrated that you will give up the fight and not come out and vote in 2022. Look, come what may, let's not give up the fight. We need to hold the House and the Senate or we can look forward to the complete rolling back of our rights and freedoms which the GOP is actively attacking to this day. So get ready to vote in 2022 so that we can make history together. But overall, on the political front for 2021, the Biden administration did really well this first year. And for those who have not had a chance yet, you can listen to our prior episode entitled A Word From One Progressive Millennial to All the Others to catch up on what has been accomplished this year. But overall, the country is headed in the right direction and we have to continue to fight to save our democracy. So let's look at how we did in 2021 on the job front. A CNBC polled the elder millennial crowd and a whopping 59% of respondents said that the pandemic affected their jobs in some way this year. 23% reported that their hours had been cut and 15% reported having their wages reduced. In addition, 11% reported that they had been laid off altogether and 8% stated that they were furloughed. But then something also occurred during 2021 that is something of a marvel, something I had never seen before in my waking millennial life. By the summer of 2021, it became an employee market, otherwise known as the Great Resignation. So essentially, 2021 saw a surge in employees leaving a position, making employers, and dare I say it, actually have to try hard to get and retain talent. And they did so by tactics such as paying a decent salary, offering employees sign-on bonuses, and taking the absolute crazy step of even offering part-time workers healthcare. You know, doing things like treating employees with dignity, something we have been screaming they should do all along because a livable wage in healthcare should be a basic human right. But in their desperation, it has become an incentive to attracting talent. So when it comes to our generation, we've mentioned this before in earlier episodes, 72 million millennials are said to be living in the United States, making us the largest working demographic. And so it is no shock that we are leading the way in resignations. Some of the reasons that our generation has resigned in 2021 are because we desire to have a better work-life balance now that remote opportunities are more readily available. We also have a desire to make more money, offsetting some of those economic disadvantages like stagnant wages and crippling student loan debt, and to start new business ventures. Ypulse.com reported that 20% of the 18 to 39 year olds that they surveyed resigned from their positions. US News reported that by July, approximately 3.9 million workers had resigned from their positions. An additional 46% of millennials surveyed by Ypulse.com planned to resign from their positions by this time next year. 
and I say, hey, hell yeah. I'm so happy that after we came of age during a recession, then we went through recovery only to go through a pandemic. The result of all of that was a market that put the power back in employees' hands. It is sad to think that it took a deadly pandemic to get here, and I'm nervous to think what it will be like when the pandemic is over and the workforce stabilizes. But for right now, I'm going to enjoy this. Y'all get your checks and your promotions out here and build some wealth if you are able to in 2022. So let's talk about our health for a bit. I know I already mentioned mine. The CDC reported that only 57% of millennials have actually gotten vaccinated. It's a little more than half, but that is very problematic. With as many people who have died from this virus, and with our generation always complaining how crappy our healthcare system is, y'all have the audacity to not get a free, easily accessible vaccine. Trash. Y'all know better. It is the baby boomer generation that still ranks supreme in their vaccination numbers as 90% of their generation is vaccinated. So listen, millennials, I want our vaccine numbers at 100% in 2022 because I want this damn pandemic over with. As I mentioned earlier, as of today, the U.S. has lost over 800,000 Americans to the virus, which is an extremely depressing milestone since we have free access to life-saving vaccines. Of that 800,000, approximately 5,000 of those who are no longer with us were millennials as reported by Statista.com. So let's check in with our love lives in 2021. When it comes to love, 36% of millennials are leading the way with using dating apps to find a long-term romantic partnership according to a survey conducted by MortonConsult.com. Now, 21% of those surveyed admitted that they were using the apps because they were bored, and that is the most millennial statistic that I have seen all day. So when vaccinations were first being rolled out during the spring, everyone was predicting that it would be this hot vac summer where we would be out of our quarantine holes and hitting these streets, or more accurately, hitting these sheets. But as it turns out, that did not actually happen thanks partly to vaccine hesitancy and new mutations of the virus ruining our chances to have some post-pandemic fun. But there is another reason that there wasn't this hot vac summer, which I think is an interesting development. 76% of millennials that were surveyed by Match.com actually stated that they were interested in looking for a meaningful relationship. So essentially, what that survey is confirming is that our generation has begun prioritizing connections over flings. I know, I'm shocked to hear it too. Could it be our generation is experiencing some growth in these streets? It only took two years in a deadly pandemic that claimed the lives of almost 1 million people for us to actually value each other and seek something meaningful. But hey, that's growth. I'll take it. <laughs> you know from my prior episodes that I have shown how it appears we struggle with matters of the heart. So this is a wonderful thing for our generation as we close out 2021. Love is a gift. There are numerous benefits to our lives if we simply cherish and fully embrace love. So go into 2022 knowing that you deserve the right and healthy loving relationships and do what you can to cherish them.
while these last two years have been hellacious, like something out of a horror movie, I still find myself cautiously wondering what 2022 has in store for us. Maybe some of you feel the same way. Ask yourselves what you hope to see and what you want to achieve in 2022. One of my biggest hopes is being out of this pandemic and that coronavirus will one day be behind us all. The stats are not looking great if that will now be a reality for our nation, but that's what hope is. Believing in something that otherwise looks impossible that hasn't manifested itself yet. So I'll continue to hope for it. And for all of you, I do hope that whatever it is you are hoping for in the new year, I hope that you are able to achieve it and or receive it. Thank you all for listening and for your support for our podcast throughout these difficult years. And thanks for joining us for this episode of Millennial Edition. I hope everyone has a safe and enjoyable holiday season. For the one millionth time, get vaxxed, boosted, and a flu shot. And I look forward to engaging with you all in the new year.